The Bizzle. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. Burn the land and boil the sea. You can't take the sky from me. All right, BizzleCast listeners, welcome to Firefly Commentary, Season 1, Episode 5, Safe, here with Maddie G, who's going to be QBing this one, Matt. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Safe, the fifth, yeah, fifth episode Mm -hmm. now of uh, Firefly, one of my favorites. I don't, it's not everybody's favorite. Uh, I have said many times, Simon is probably the character I identify most with on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, not entirely sure I can explain why, but I just always really liked his character. Because he's good looking um, and brilliant. Yes, And exactly. gets Jewel State as a girlfriend in the end. Yes, yeah. just as I too yeah. have, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, for whatever reason. Uh, so this is the episode that really fleshes out, if not why... It, it really gives you the backstory on Simon's relationship with River, which is the defining inter, uh, diet character relationship for him. You know, there is nobody on the show, not even Kaylee uh, towards the end, that means as much to him as River does. And this is the episode where we see a lot of the early work of that. We see how far he's willing to go yep. for it. And we also... You know, I like the episodes where he gets to do doctor stuff, and it's Mm -hmm. interesting to watch him be taken out of the ship and still have to be a doctor. And the ways in which he, you know, even in a set, a horrible setting, you know, something where he feels like he's been kidnapped because he kind of has, he's still a doctor and he's still going to act like a doctor. The only thing I'll say, and we'll jump into this great episode, is that what I love is already in the fifth episode, they're able to pull away the two most quote-unquote side characters and and river and simon and yet you never stop feeling the connection and that's so hard there's so many shows where i mean let's let's be honest there are nine main characters in this show but three book and and the tams are slightly new additions right um or, or very new additions and yet their stories never feel disconnected even when they're physically disconnected briefly and mm-hmm. this is the episode, I think, that tests that boundary the most, which is why sometimes it works for me more than others, um, until the, spoiler alert, big save in the end, um, and uh, also sort of the emotional manipulation that they're going to leave them stranded there, maybe we'll get back to, I was not a huge fan of, but point is, you know, Mal says when you're part of the crew, you're part of the crew, essentially, and that, that gets tested a lot going forward, so we'll get to explore that in this episode, so I'm going to let Matt uh, lead the way on this one, so I'll count us down, so everyone, please cue up your uh, DVDs, Blu-rays, digital files, Netflix to zero hours, zero minutes, zero seconds. I'm going to count us down from three to one. I'm going to say go. And when I say go, you should hit play immediately with us and it should sync pretty well. Get the subtitles going, a little ambient music if you want. And uh, yeah, Matt, I'm excited to do this. You ready, buddy? Heck yeah. All right, let's do this. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. So this episode, unlike the previous two, the previous three actually begins with a flashback. It's our first flashback prologue since Serenity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that was done deliberately. I don't know what you make of that, but I do find it interesting that this is the first time we see backstory to the pre-Firefly days uh, since we saw Mal's formative moments. And yeah. these are some of Simon's formative moments, so that's kind of interesting. Um, that actor, that's Zac Efron. That was his first role ever. I don't know how or why <laughs> Joss Whedon cast this guy of all the others. I he really don't weird. know what went into it. But yeah, that is a very young, pre-Disney Channel, pre-High School Musical, pre... I think like it was him. a DJ in Coachella movie, maybe mm-hmm. that was called, that came out this year. Yeah. That's Zac Efron. Interesting comparison. That actress is named Skylar Roberge did two other TV things when she was young. She's now 23 years old. Um, she was in two episodes of 24 hmm. back in 2006. She's a great look, yeah. But hasn't really done anything since. So one guy went on to become, if not a movie star, then a, a, a working actor. The other never really went on to do anything. Um, but I think what this scene does set up is even at a young age – Simon really did love River, and he, even as he's studying, is willing to indulge his sister. Um, and his sister was always a little weird because she's telling, making up this fantasy about being cut off against rebel soldiers riding dinosaurs. Um, you know, but he's willing to play along because he loves his sister and that is his primary thing that's a, that's a great weed in touch you're like you will repay me by being a brilliant doctor okay on the nose big box brilliant doctor <laughs> whatever he says you know like he, he makes a joke of the uh, of the cliche of the whole thing mm-hmm. calls them both geniuses for yep. me what, what what locks this in is the first second shot and here's where we're going crazy of that giant energy field around their house which yep. if you've ever been to countries that have a huge divide between rich and poor like even well beyond ours like south africa for example like every house Eastern countries yeah every know. rich person has like a 10 foot gate electrified fence you know and like private security. security and all sorts of stuff i thought that was always interesting that they they teased it early on a lot of handheld here cameras moving all over the place up oh, does she yep goes nuts she must have loved this. <laughs> Not him. Cow <Yeah>, movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. That's what's great about the subtitles. Right. So, um, I don't know oh, the story of how he got Summer Glow. You think I would because I love her so much. I can't remember specifically how he discovered her. This was one of her first roles. She hasn't done quite as much since as I would have liked, but she has done some really interesting stuff. So I'm cool yeah. with it. I think her main problem is that her, her sound and her look are so specific that even though I think she's almost talented enough to pull off the orphan black role, she doesn't right. have as much of a chameleonic effect um, or ability um, as, uh, um, uh, as uh, fuck, I'm, what's her fucking name? Tatiana Maslany. Tatiana Maslany. <laughs> but she is completely different as the Terminator, but she pulls on the river role. I, 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 uh, I think, uh, you know, her being a dancer, as we'll see in this, played into it. She's very balletic. It's mm-hmm. funny, man. You know, in the movie, it's obvious that the ballet stuff helps with her fighting, which is spectacular right. in the Serenity movie. Sure. We don't really see it here. I mean, there's the one scene in, in was, it's not Ariel, where they... Uh, I guess it's war stories where she's with Kaylee and Kaylee sees her like shoot a bunch of guys with her eyes closed. But, um, I have to think again, Whedon was thinking she was going to be a Buffy style badass at some point. Well, he cast her for angel first as a 
I think a ghost of a ballet dancer who is being trapped by a bad man in a, in a theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he kept her and re and, and, you know, offered her the role as river based on her ballet training. Mm. Um, you know, what this episode is from the perspective, from the, you know, there's a couple of different plots going on in this episode, but the Simon and river plot, which is the part that I really like. Yeah. All of these flashbacks are to set up and to show us instead of having it just be told to us how much Simon has lost and whether or not he doesn't, I don't think he resents river ever for how much he had to give up, but it does make it clear, you know, he had a very happy childhood. He had loving parents. He had money and privilege and opportunity and a plan for what he wanted his life to be at a young age. And he sacrificed all of it. And even though he would probably do it all again in a heartbeat, he can't get over completely that he did have to give this up. And River's aware of it. I mean, River is going to bring this up at the end of this episode, how much she had, how much he had to give up to save her. And what he found, you know, you found me broken is what she says. And it's extremely emotionally powerful. And there are a few yeah. beats in, in the series of the movie. Yeah, where I like she, smacking them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there are a few beats of the series in the movie where she clearly feel, feels horrible for destroying his life, even though he would never look at it that way. Exactly. Um, although Simon does make some some offhanded uh, foolish comments to uh, to to or around. Uh, <laughs> I love this little soul, big world. Eat, sleep, and eat. <laughs> like I said, man, she can't deal with human brains. Everything else, she's great with. Um, right, exactly. You know, yeah. she she likes it out on the fridge. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. What I was gonna say is, in this episode, Simon makes a comment about how stuff's junk and blah 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 blah. You know, this is the whole coming from a civilized background, and Simon doesn't mean to be hurting people, but does. Summer doesn't exactly. have to. Uh, River doesn't have to worry about that. <laughs> See, that's yeah. one thing that I like about yeah. Mel is he's kind of able to. This is it. This is the beginning. Yeah, they're right. This is the beginning of them actually seeing the world in similar ways. Yeah, yeah. You know, he can. He puts up with River. He accepts her madness as just kind of part of her. You know, in an object in space, I think he says, I find her pleasant enough to be around. Yep. But he doesn't really mind that she's screaming. He just wants her to scream quietly. You know. I gotta say, man, I'm not clear why they didn't make more use of her in Arrow. I mean, I know they had a small, a short arc, but her right. relationship with Oliver was really hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, the ways in which she plays him. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. Um, she never stays anywhere long enough. You know, Sarah Connor was her big role, and that wasn't her fault for that getting canceled early. That show should have gone on at least another season or two, but... Probably. She was a dancer, by the way. She was going to be a professional dancer. She was homeschooled her entire life, and then she like broke her toe senior year, and so she went to try and go act instead. She couldn't like be a full on, but she was studying like flamenco and tango and like really yeah. difficult styles of dance. Uh, to your question about why exactly, and and we're now we're seeing another moment where the two of them are together, and you they're get so you're not told they're friends. You're seeing them yeah. as friends. Yep. Um, you can tune into any episode of Firefly where these two are talking and you immediately buy that they're friends. Right. It was made with longing by a person who really longed to see a swan. And even she thinks that's funny, you know? Yep. Um, right. It's not that Simon makes fun of the stuff that she doesn't like. It's how condescending she is. Oh, well, he's is. condescending and he's clueless. Anara knows for a se- in, in two seconds. Right. Well, he, she's known since the train job when they start talking about it. 
um, you know, he's just so sly, you want to take a big bite. Doesn't Simon say in their drunkenness in Janestown or one of those that he likes that she's a grease monkey and she's like cute? Being, yeah, in Janestown, he says, yeah. you know, you know, you're pretty, you're pretty even when you're, when you're dirty, covered with engine especially, grease, yeah. especially when you're that. Especially when you are, yeah. Oh, here we go. But it's totally understandable knowing Simon that he's thinking of nothing but River right now. Mm-hmm. We're trying something different. She's basically confi- she- confined to the ship after this episode. For the most part. I mean, River sort of works out here and he doesn't. He never does. And he knows he probably never will, even if when he ultimately does wind up with a girl who grew up in these in this lifestyle, he doesn't ever feel comfortable. And without getting into the comics, even in the posts or any comics, he still doesn't feel right out there, even with everything he's been through. And so he can't help. And he's just, uh, you know, I think it's the message where he says, this might not, uh, this might shock you, but I'm not very good talking to girls. And so he says, <laughs> is there anybody you are good talking to? And that's just sort of his character. Um, to your question about why Summer Glau never uh, blew up more, I, I don't know how to explain this. There is something a little bit, for lack of a better word, off-putting about her acting style. There is something that just feels a little bit distant and a, a little bit, you know, hard to, like, it's behind a barrier almost. And I noticed it in Arrow, and obviously it's deliberately part of her character here. But I always got the sense I was watching somebody through a very thin yeah. pane of glass. I think and if I, you saw her and Sarah Connor, you'd feel, feel a little differently because she plays a role that should be completely non-dimensional, you know, Terminator. And yeah. it actually ends up being, in Data style, like the most human of all the characters. Um, Maybe. So, uh, but th- I think it's just that she's bizarre. She looks al- like an alien. I mean, she's right. beautiful, but she, her, her the, 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 the proportion between her neck, her torso, and her legs is just very bizarre. She's a really long torso, really long arms, really long neck. She's like a bird, you know? Yeah. She's like, she just, she just kind of has a bizarre look, and she has a high-pitched voice, which you can only do so much with. Right. You know, I mean, you can't really be a voice actor unless you're doing kids' movies. Maybe she should right. do more. Here's all the cow Maybe pies. Maybe she's done some. I've never looked yeah. at her uh, filmography. <laughs> I but do love, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the cow shit all over the floor of the ship is a very funny visual bit. Yeah. Um, oh. They're walking around it. Yeah, got a nice shot of Zoe's butt there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I could watch Gina Torres walk oh away in riding God. pants. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Not to be too lascivious, but damn. Um, she seems like an actress that hasn't had a ton of roles just because she's selective and doesn't really give she's, a fuck. No, she's consistently been in TV shows. Oh, she she's has? On, okay. Yeah, she's on, I think it's it's one of those USA Today shows about a lawyer. I think it's called Suits, or maybe it's uh, one of the other ones. I can never remember. keep them apart. She has gotten very, very consistent work since Firefly ended. Um you know, the ones who have gone on and done well post-Firefly are Nathan Fillion, obviously, although Castle was just canceled, I think, this year, so we'll see what he does next, but I think that show lasted <laughs> five or six or seven seasons. Uh, Torres has gotten consistent work, um, and then Morena Baccarin has had a number of roles, Homeland, oh, yeah. Yeah. V, she's on Gotham now as a, one of the major main characters, Um so those are the three who really have gone on to have good careers. Sean Maher has done very little. Summer Glau, uh, not a whole lot. Alan Tudyk, you know, bit stuff here and there. Um, even Ron Glass, until he passed away, was not working nearly as much. Um, 
that scene right there, that moment, <laughs> that realization that these people just don't even care. Yeah. I mean, they... But he's not wrong to be afraid. He's not wrong to be afraid, but it's a sign of how little he understands. You know, if he was on Ariel yeah. or one of the core worlds, yeah, he there'd be cops everywhere who would be looking to bust him. Here, this world is so on the edge that they don't care about two fugitives wanted by the Alliance, and he doesn't know what to do with that information. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the Comic-Con... Uh, web series con man with alan tudyk and uh, right. nathan fillion is specifically about what we're talking about right now which is ex- what happens coming off a cult show and then trying to have a career after that and being known in the con universe right. for that character and nathan exactly. fillion in the sh- in con man plays actually a slightly more famous version of nathan fillion who's been in lots of movies mm-hmm. and alan tudyk's character is actually a more pathetic version who's been in basically nothing since firefly okay. which they call spectrum but those two are still best buddies and nathan fillion is sick of being a movie star uh, you know or a big tv star and wants to do a spectrum reunion it's the last thing that that alan tudyk's character wants to do even though he needs it the most um and they're just you know playing like selfish um unaware you know unaware versions of themselves it's very it's quite clever it's not hilarious but it's a fun commentary so here's the dance scene you're like okay summer loves a dancer a a beautiful scene i don't know who choreographed this but the way that she is watching and learning and taking it all in and then she by the way this is a jig before you go on this is an irish jig right here Okay. I don't know what it's called, but this is a straight Irish jig, which is the perfect sure. thing for her to dance to. Go ahead. I mean, there was a heavy influx of Irish people that went on to, you know, that moved into the middle of the country. And, uh, that's a good point. You know. The Scots-Irish, formed, yeah. You know, when I lived in Oklahoma, there were a lot of people of Irish descent. A yeah. lot of them. Um, well, that's where bluegrass and, music comes from, and that's why blue, bluegrass musicians and uh, Celtic musicians play together a lot, because... There you go. That's where you know they play similar instruments. You know, I think the fiddle or something like it is is common in both. um, You know, but it's just a beautiful piece of choreography. And what Summer Glau does really well is her heel turn moments where she is observing, and then she can switch into a mode, uh, so she can be watching and listening to Badger talk, and then become a member of Badger's colony, as we saw in the last episode, Shindig, or where she can watch people dance for 10 seconds and immediately be an expert dancer, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in their dance and just fit in perfectly. Um, and not in a way that make people wonder who this person is. They're just like, Oh, we got a new dancer. Cool. Um, you know, and how happy she looks and how well, and integrated there, she looks. And there's a reason they chose a jig and why the word jig is used for in lots of context because jigs, it's a three count instead of a four. It's a one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, mm-hmm. three. It's easier to dance to if you know nothing about dancing. Now, she knows a ton about dancing. So yeah. she's able to improv. You know, she's probably doing ballet stuff. She's doing tango and well, flamenco she's stuff. Pirouettes, and you pirouettes, can see that her yeah. form, there's some crispness to her form that you would get from technical training that you wouldn't if you just grew up dancing in hoedowns or or something similar by the way it's possible she's doing a lot of dance work that we just would never know about because that doesn't show up on the on like wiki and imdb it could be like background dancers like you know i didn't know that fucking uh uh oh there's shepherd i didn't know that uh that sarah lance um um, Katie, what's her Katie face? Ca- Katie, Katie Cassidy. No, no, no. Sarah no, Lance. Lots, excuse Katie me. Katie Lots. I didn't know that she was a big dancer. By the mm-hmm. way, rewatching Arrow One, I forgot that there was a different uh, Sarah Lance in season one because we don't see her very much. 
That was a recast. How many actors and actresses who play characters that have to do a lot of martial arts do at some point get some kind of dance training? Because in terms of fight choreography, I can't help but think that would be incredibly useful to have well, that kind women, of For women, you almost need it because for, if you're a small woman. Because if you're a small woman, the only way, <laughs> way to be a convincing fighter is by being balletic. Men can just right. do the Han Solo, you know, punch, 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 slam against sure. the wall, punch, punch, punch. Um, but for, for balletic uh, fighting, you need man and uh, man or woman need some dance training usually. And damn, is she? And that's what makes the Terminator stuff almost frustrating because you're fighting as a Terminator, you don't really need dance training. So yeah, she just does kind of overpowering, just just brutal. punch, 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 punch. But eventually, she gets to use some of that stuff, and it's pretty, it's pretty great. So you got to kill. A, I think they almost kill a character every two to three episodes. I think is the uh, is is the the, the fatality or semi or, sorry near fatality rate. <laughs> So this is obviously the secondary plot. I think this is the plot that Jesse likes more uh, in this episode. It is not. No, I didn't say that. I mean, oh, d- then I've misinterpreted. I mean, this no, is, no, no, no. It's just it's just the plot that I have less specific issues with. But fair yeah, enough. But Shepard almost dying and getting cured by a, a, a you know a, an alliance freighter and then never hearing why is actually quite frustrating to me. Which is why Matt and I speculated <laughs> have been speculating for days now as we've done this who exactly he was, the comic books, the show, whatever. We won't get into it, but um, yeah, d- just just a will someone die plot is way less interesting than something like this. So these is, guys are not part of the cult that they're selling them to, right? Is that the idea? No, they are. They're members of the community. Oh, they are members. Okay. Yeah. Oh, here we go. That was a weird reveal of the mom. Uh, this is great. Yeah, and and what's it, the thing is this this completely vibes with both the explanation we got in the pilot episode and the sort of redux version that we get in uh, the movie. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, one of the things that I think Sean Marr does really well in this scene is he acts well enough that his character is on the verge of sounding crazy, but also believable. Like the way he's talking, if your parent, if you're his parents and you're completely oblivious and you don't, you can't imagine the Alliance screwing you, you know, and stealing a kid, you would think this is nuts. And there's just enough ticks in the way Mar is behaving in this scene that you could buy that interpretation of him. But we know that he's seeing this because he's realizing he's the only person who gets what's really going on. And even he's not quite sure what to do with that information because he, all of the people he thinks could help him, like his parents, aren't even willing to entertain the idea. Um, you know, he definitely got his eyebrows from his dad. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, this is completely good casting. You know, his parents yeah. look like they, they could look be like his him. parents. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, I actually, it, interestingly, as good as the young fe- female actress who plays uh, River here is, I, I love the one who plays her in uh, in the movie. Even though we, we don't hear her voice uh, for better or worse, the, bec- maybe that's just because we hear Summer Glau's voice. That one's more convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the chemistry look at that the young Zac Mars. Sorry, really sad. No, it's okay. You know, that sad, the disgust oh, no. when they talk to him about his career, uh, you know, are you going to throw that away? And he's looking at them as, as, what are you talking about? River's in trouble. My career doesn't matter. And the sadness in that end of that conversation of, I can't use these, my parents won't help me. I'm going to have to do this completely by myself. 
Yeah. You know, and, and it's that's sets what's up- compelling about sorry, that's what's compelling about the alliance to me as mm-hmm. a modern day parable is that it, the the horrifying things that they do, people know about and just ignore. But the really horrifying things like what's happening to River, even his parents don't know about, you know. I mean, they are trying to keep their themselves out of danger, yes, but it's clear that he is more open to the possibility that there's these nefarious things going on than his parents are, which is true mm-hmm. of all generations, right? I mean, once you reach right. cer- once you reach a certain age and you've got kids and they're growing up and you got to pay for college, like the last thing you want to do is rock the boat, which is part of why guys like Trump can win because people don't want to rock the boat <laughs> i don't right, okay so this begins too the, much the, of a political analogy but sure okay keep no, going no but what i'm saying is people think trump is just a clown they can't think he's possibly capable of doing the horrible things that he said or that people he's right. worked with said so people stick their head in the sand and it won't be until you know people start getting rounded up to camps or other sorts of things that the, 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 the right. that's just been sort of the trajectory of human history here they run away this never completely made sense to me you know, that Mal, the, the manipulation of, of Mal with the audience, that, oh, we're not going to go back for them, and then they come back last minute. It's fine. You can use that trick once, and he doesn't use it again, so I'm cool with it. And it does beg the question, like, okay, it's a small planet, and they know where the kidnapped village is. Would it really have taken more less time to go find an alliance ship and get him aid there? Or would it have been easier to just go to the village, free them, and get him back? Like, it seems to me that tracking them down and rescuing river and simon would take like an hour oh, and hey, this man. whole plan of theirs takes 12 hours do you remember that part in the movie where they put a gun on the top of the firefly for the first time and then they took on yep. the alliance and the reavers and it was awesome and they barely survived and a bunch of them died and then the first thing they did was take the gun off the top of the ship i'm going what are you doing the whole problem is you don't have guns like take some guns at least please like why are they flying around without guns in space it makes no sense sorry and might draw un- <laughs> undue uh, suspicion as to why a transport ship has a big cannon. No, but they on threatened it. in the train job. They threatened to blow the whole thing up, and they clearly don't yeah. have guns, and no one can tell. True. I don't know. Always bothered me. If you're gonna have a spaceship, you got to have some guns. I don't care what it is. Sure, probably. Um, <laughs> maybe they don't want to keep ordnance on their ship. Something that could yeah. explode. That's that's true. Although it's lasers somehow and sometimes. Right. Oh, that's something we'll get to in. Um, that's something we'll get to in Heart of Gold, perhaps, is like yeah. that lasers are just being invented. Uh, handheld lasers are just being invented, but the ships have lasers, but the hands of gunplay. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> no, no. Kind of- I, it's this. This is a fun. This is a fun debate, not like an argument. Like uh, I love that we did just mixed it mixed it up. It wasn't full Battlestar, and that there were some lasers, but it wasn't Star Wars, and that there were guns. I think you mm-hmm. needed physical guns for the hand to hand fights to make and it you feel like that, a western. That- yeah, that maintains the Western feel, even though the gun going off sound effect is much higher pitched than a real gun would make. And it, a lot of people who don't like Firefly don't like it in part because of that. But this is great. He, he I, already thinks they're gone. He's stealing everything. Dear Diary, today I was pompous. My sister was crazy. Today we're kidnapped. I've never seen again. <laughs> it was the best day ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Another tonal shift completely works. And there's a payoff for this scene later in this uh-huh. episode. Um, big payoff, and <laughs> and and this is uh, keeps building towards Ariel. I can't wait to do Ariel with you. Yeah, a- Ariel is. I think may- Ariel. We might have to. Co- we might have to co QB that one. We that's that's I mean, pretty this epic. Is an amazing episode. Yeah. Um, oh, here it is. A mirror of uh, 
Jewel States being in that that place a few episodes back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny how they always survived without a doctor, and then as soon as Simon gets on board, they need a doctor constantly, but I guess that's the point, is that, you know, Simon's in River's presence makes it necessary for them to be there. Yep. Interesting moment. You know, we don't see Kaylee and Zoe talking to each other one-on-one all that much. They do some, but not a ton. Yep. And this is, uh, you know, one of those rare moments where they get a, uh, some time together, and even they're able to relate to themselves yeah. a little bit you know that's a good point i'm glad we brought that point up together early on so that we can f- hone in on this stuff when it happens you know it's this idea that everybody's relationship plays yeah. off of everybody's relationship yep. to everybody else is and, one of the strengths of this show and what and, makes it feel like such an integrated cast yes this is a great shot there that's the best apartment building shot they've got but um sure i love that unless they're in really bad circumstances anyone's welcome up on the bridge basically as long as they're <laughs> not causing you know what i mean like a nard just chilling on the bridge sure why not you know yep um it's unclear too. In the show, it looks like there's a main console and that's it. But in the movie, there's two. There's a pilot co-pilot. I think there's a co-pilot in this formation, but it's just not the way they shoot it. Because why yeah, would you need anyone other than Watch? Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe there was always a second console, and it, they just shot the TV show slightly differently. But um, I guess I'm going to say this really quick, and I'll stop. My only problem with this whole scene is that they have a really, really dark skinned character who's very, very like Haitian or African y and it's right. really the only Haitian or African y character we see in the entire series and it's this very predictable scene. That's 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 my only well, problem. Well Jubal Early is a pretty dark skinned guy. I mean there are a few other people of color that show up. That's uh, true, but they make him into a, like a serial killer slash rapist. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he's a good you know, he's a ma- role model character. No, I I can understand. That great. I can understand the great. interpretation of you know the one who seems to be the most superstitious, even among this group of very religious kind of backwards community, is the one who is a person of color. I don't think that's what Whedon was going for. No. I I have a hard time believing he would be doing that intentionally. But yeah, I can see why that's a little bit of a problem. Um, you know what I find interesting though is he shows up there. He's been kidnapped. And he's still a doctor, you know, this idea that as much as he's given up to save River, this idea of the Hippocratic Oath, these core concepts that attracted him to being a doctor in the first place, maybe he, those are at the core of his character, you know, on Ariel, we're going to see him do the same thing. And it's maybe the most badass moment Simon has in the show or the movie. Yeah. And this is a slight, 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 slight drawback that it shares with Bushwhacked, which is the invasion of the ship by, um... By, uh, I'm going to call them Imperials. I don't give a fuck. You know, the, I just watched <laughs> Star Wars. I can't call them the Alliance. The fucking Empire here. Um, right. They, you know, it, after this, they really don't get boarded by the Empire again. I don't think. No. Uh, I, no. We see, you know, the Alliance blue guys, but not yeah. um, the blue hands guys. But we don't yeah. see any more Alliance soldiers that I can think of. Yeah. You know, they there's the the local law guys on Ariel, but that's pretty much it. Everything else, you know, they kind of do away with the alliance. Um, I think episode. Uh, I think Shindig is the first flawless episode. I think the episode after this, Mrs. Reynolds, is the second flawless episode. Mm-hmm. But man, I mean, we're you know we're comparing like <laughs> platinum to gold here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're talking about 
the, ratings that have gone way over nine nine five, and now yes. we're talking about hundredths of a oh, point. Yeah. Basically, yeah. we have a whole new rating. We have the, the Firefly rating scale. To which right. everything else basically gets a zero, no, and, uh, yeah. or at least a you know yeah. <laughs> the bats can maybe manage a B plus. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but to be fair about the race question in 2016 with a very diverse cast, other than Forrest Whitaker, who was actually better than I thought he was going to be, Rogue One had one major black uh, soldier in the final fight, and uh, that was pretty much it. Unless mm-hmm. I missed something. I'm, I don't know. I did kind of um, like that there wasn't an American accent the whole time. I know you gave me a hard time about that. It wasn't just about skin color. It was just about everyone speaking with a with a different accent. I thought was really neat. It was something I sort of mid uh, mid movie. I was like, oh no, no one's no one's speaking with like a straight up American accent. Like even K two has sort of his own thing going on. I kind of. It, it's, it's yeah, I think Star Wars has has always been like that, with the exception of the Skywalker characters. But I think we should uh, get back to Firefly. Um, well, I guess what I'm just saying is, you know, uh, just like why her? Why this woman? Right. Is it just the know. actress? Is it sh- that she's kind of motherly but creepy at the same time? And then that they would the like the Monty Python, she's a witch, burner, you know, kind right. of thing. Even though, I, even that is sort of. I think Whedon is kind of making a statement there of, you know, this was never exactly about true faith. This was always about torturing women who were seen as threats to the men in power. And, you know, they didn't really plan to hang River until River reveals the secret about how the current, the parson, the guy in charge, more or less killed the the previous one because he wanted to be in charge. And... And then uh, this guy gets scared. He's like, "Oh, she's a witch. We got to light her on fire because of religion." Right. So you know? Rivers, Rivers' psychicness mm-hmm. uh, is very inconsistent within the show and the movie, which I'm fine with because a character as disturbed as her, you know, I talk about mm-hmm. in the Serenity commentary. I don't know if you got this far about how her psychicness, like in the X Men, is based on emotion. So right. when emotion is thick, it, it both empowers her and clouds her. Um, and so she feels a very strong emotional connection to this young girl, I think, who d- never doesn't speak or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and the situation they're in. But she's not able to constantly read everybody's mind. I think was a really good decision because then you have Counselor Troy, you know, and like that's the that's the problem with Star Trek was like you never understood why Troy wasn't in charge and manipulating everyone and whatever, right? I mean, right. To, like, well, pick it's their the difference spots. between empath being an empath and whatever this is a a, yeah 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 this is a very powerful scene this is the scene i was talking to earlier i get this is this is river recognizing you know in a moment of lucidity how much simon has sacrificed Um, some of it's made up of some of it can't be quantified yeah this this jibes this this vibes with the movie for me i mean they mm -hmm. they really set up the psychicness well I understand. But but I understand. And her face, that's very well shot where she's in darkness and most of it's covered, you know, mm-hmm. you found me broken, you, found you me know, broken. and you can see how sad she is at this realization, you know, or at least at admitting this out loud. Um, and the way this builds is great because all of this could be either, this could be real telepathy or it could be just great powers of observation. Yeah, I think this is powers of observation. But I think she this reads is just the girl. Seeing, yeah. So it's both. I mean, these are all integrated abilities, but, um, you know, daddy, of course, being not his father, being Mal is who she's talking about. Um, No, I think in this particular conversation, she is just admitting what 
the part of her that is completely sane yeah. understands. And she sees that Simon doesn't resent her, but he... <laughs> he all. She also sees that he does miss that life. Come on, you know, man. She's so relatable here. Don't tell me she's a distant actress. She's completely present here. Sure. I don't know why more. In I think she just needs the right director. I think that's it. She seems like a sensitive. Too. I don't person. know. Yeah. She's so in the role. Even when she was to be spacey, she's in it. Yeah. It was more noticeable with her character on Arrow. Um, even if that was also maybe done deliberately. That just made me laugh. Uh, and I rarely laugh on Arrow other than Felicity. Oh, right. man, I'm really loving watching season one. But let's go back to this. Her mother got crazy, killed the sister. Okay, so this is the reveal here, right? This is where they say she's a witch. She's a witch. Bona. Yeah, you're right. This isn't even that long of a scene. I don't know why it bothered me. It doesn't bother me. Well, I think, you know... There is something about the the black woman kneeling before the two white people who come from money. And there is something odd about that. Again, I have a really hard time thinking Whedon did it deliberately. Um, This is the only like superstitious religious episode. And it happens to be a very dark woman dressed like a a Caribbean woman. Now, again, though, I I think Whedon was maybe making a point that on the fringe like this, people would (laughs) use religion to justify power. This is great, Simon, Uh, here. Yeah. Right when he's starting to think maybe he can make this work. You know, they have a house. He can be a doctor. They Mm -hmm. don't care that they're wanted. Oh, no, they're crazy-ass religious people. Or they at least are faithful enough that that can be manipulated into crazy-ass religious stuff. Yep. I'm not even sure if that is in the Bible or not. No, I, uh, that's a that's a Shakespeare quote, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I think that's from Macbeth. I could be wrong. I don't think the word witch ever appears no. in the actual Bible. Uh, okay, so here's some more. Witches in Aramaic folk- folklore. Look at the ceiling. Some more futurism mm-hmm. here. I like that he just went for a little like retro ghetto futurism. Why not? Who cares? Make it look cool. Make it look like the Jetsons a little bit, right? Big deal. Yep. The disgust that Sean Marr is able to convey with this with this conversation is really powerful. I, I really every actor on the show is good, and that includes Sean Marr. He by the way, I'm sorry, Exodus twenty two eighteen, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Really? Also translated as a sorceress. Okay. I have long been of the opinion that the Bible takes a lot. I'm not even of the opinion. It's a fact. The Bible draws in a lot of crap from other mythologies that were around at the same time. Sumerian, especially Mesopotamian, Babylonian. I got to figure that that was some other little bit of religion, uh, you know, some other folklore creeping in. Well, the other thing is that our Bible, our version of the Old Testament says a sorceress, which has big different connotations. A sorceress is someone who acts powerful on behalf of other gods not just someone with magical right. powers or something like that it's the king james version that says thou shalt not suffer which to live that's a, that's a big change from the original which makes some sense i mean I, I believe it's called the king james bible because it was ordered by king james so it emerges out of a you know western Euro- english thing where where fears of witches were really a, a much bigger deal She's just a troubled girl. She's tr- he's trying uh, to save her in this scene. And again, this is where I think we see maybe the whole point uh, Whedon was making that, you know, 
faith out here could be manipulated yep. in a way that nobody seems at all religious when we get to the core planets. You notice that? There's no God, outward I'm, expression of faith. I'm glad we don't live in a world like this, Matt, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, where people, <laughs> where demigogs could uh, manipulate really- people's faith into yeah. justifying burning people alive. That never happens in the real world. Yeah. Um, just, to, just to tie up the loose end, the word is uh, mechapsa, which is an evil sorceress in the Bible. So it's specifically talking about someone who's casting evil spells and getting people to do evil things, not just someone with magic powers. Okay. But, I'd be it, was, real but it was reframed in medieval times, which this is supposed to represent, right? I mean, that's right. the idea of the Alliance is that it takes place 500 years of the future and 500 years in the past at the same time. I would, uh, I would, I would say kind of. Um, in terms of, in terms of its understanding of, of humanity and how it treats people and, and, and yeah, and so forth. But there is an interesting con, you know, contrast here of the man of God, the shepherd, and how he treats the people in his life versus the so-called religious community that they get kidnapped into and yep. how they treat people. Mm-hmm. You know, that this book, who it is eventually revealed, you know, who this episode hints at as having this weird past as a some kind of government agent or G-man or something is so much more human and empathetic than this community of people that all claim to be worshipers of the same God, you know? Yeah, you know, and, he and, says, I've been walking in the ways of a carpenter for some yep. time, and he would never think of lighting somebody on fire. Not once. Right, well, that's the, that's, that's the, that's the contrast. And I love, I love an aerial or in war stories where they're all taking up arms and he grabs like a machine gun. They're like, you know, remember, I don't think it, there's anything about, says about machine guns in the Bible. And he goes, he's, I don't think they have mentioned kneecaps or something like that. Yeah. Right? He says like, I'll just shoot him in the kneecaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but again, these are the moments that really sell Simon to this me. This is great. Is, I love is, this as futile as he knows this is even this he'll try he, yeah. i don't think he actually believes he can fight off a town i'm so glad that you love simon so much man because for me as an older brother everything he does in the series i would do the exact same way and so right. it's cool for someone who is an older brother but not with a sister to think that this is completely believable because to me this is how most good old bro- older brothers would act you know? yeah i mean i'm an older brother too that is certainly part of it uh, without getting too psychological, I also identify a lot with characters where loneliness is a uh, or feeling out of place is a big part of their character, and that is absolutely a big deal with Simon is how lonely he feels out here on the edge of space. You know, he gives up everything and he doesn't fit in anywhere, and he doesn't think he ever will, and he doesn't let himself feel that a lot of the time, but when he lets his guard down, it bleeds through how, how out of place he thinks he always will feel. Um, She's so relaxed around him. That's great. Right. Time to go. Time to go. And she then, knows they're getting rescued. Yeah. And then we have one of my fi- I, I love this end of this episode. I, I think this is just so awesome. The way they walk in. I love the Jeez. lines. Jane, Jane just wants to shoot people. He's like, God yeah. damn it, we got to take him back, but at least I got the chance to shoot people. <laughs> Which is pretty much what Mal says in, uh, to them. Yeah. Just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Heroes. Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't, <laughs> Ain't we, we just? Oh my that's, God. That's Actually, so badass. We didn't, we didn't do a good job of using just a tiny bit of this in the original Avengers. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. 
y'all see the man up there with the really big gun? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why he writes for Captain America so well, is because Captain America yeah. is old school American, right? Sure. If Captain America was a bit grungier, that Steve Rogers character yeah. would maybe almost fit in in this dynamic just a little bit. Um, it's his will. Y'all should be worried about thwarting. If it, his captions are going to say inaudible. I've listened to this a few times, and what he says is something like, your capacity for alienating people. Uh, girl's a witch. Yeah, but yeah, she's, she's our, witch. our witch. So cut her the hell down. I love that moment. I just... Yeah. The way this episode wraps, the button they put on it, it's just so good. And then <laughs> another comic beat. <laughs> oh, Jade kills me. I don't care that Adam Baldwin's an asshole. On the ship. <laughs> Thanks. So, right. So he betrays them in Ariel in a few episodes. Yep. They don't see it, although River, in an episode or two after that, tells him that she knows it and tells River Simon, senses basically. it. She reads yeah. his mind and figures it out that way remember i can kill you with my brain <laughs> yeah also a badass moment for simon where he's like if you're on my ship you know on my table right. i'll never hurt you you know we can walk circles around each other but that wearies me yeah <laughs> yourself lit on fire that happens doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> unfortunately simon's uh, uh hippocratic oath doesn't really uh change jane's mind on anything no oh here is this why'd you come back Right, you're my crew. Why are we talking about this? So we've already established in episode five, the, the fourth non-pilot episode, and arguably the third non-pilot episode that they're already crew and that they would risk their lives for him. Now, exactly. I don't think, until the movie, is there a moment where he tries to, like, where they really, really butt heads, Simon and the captain? Um, I guess at the beginning no. of the final episode, where River's holding the gun, um, it seems maybe like... They have to get rid of get rid of her. But, I don't but know even they then, really they're not butting to... heads about yeah. it. You know, they're concerned about whether or not they can keep River on the ship. Yeah. But you know, Simon doesn't demand you you keep her or I leave or anything like that. The speech he gives is much sadder. It's she's just a girl. She just wants to be a girl. Right. Um, and it's it's much more heartfelt. So I love that she sees like a twig on the ground and she picks it up and it's a right. gun or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, another great episode, Ben. Um, oh, For sure. We'll, uh, it's, we'll, we'll definitely soon get going on the rest of the episodes. Uh, I cannot wait for the next episodes, our Mrs. Reynolds. I know I'm, I'm technically the primary on that, but I might be laughing so hard that you might have to just take over at certain points because... That assumes I won't be laughing too hard. I know. We might just Mrs. be laughing. Our Mrs. Reynolds may be the funniest episode. Um. <laughs> the scene where, where, they, where Zoe calls everybody down to... To, to witness the new marriage or whatever is just amazing. Congratulations. We always yeah. hoped you'd get together. <laughs> By the way, who is she? By the way, who is she? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's the biblical speech that she gives him to finally. Yeah. Oh, my God. Christina Hendricks. We'll have to research that one before uh, beforehand. How he found Christina Hendricks, who's a huge superstar now. But this has been awesome, man. So uh, thank you, Bizzlecast listeners. Any final thoughts on this episode? Nope. We'll see you uh, next time. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon.